Welcome to episode 59 of the Pump Up The Jam podcast. My name's Jess. And I'm Sam. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. Hey, Hello. Yo. Welcome. Bonjour. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, <lost. laughs> She's out. So, another month. Another month. It's happened. It's gone. One month yeah. closer. Clo- closer? What happened there? What happened there? closer to Spotify Wrapped, which is going to happen very soon. Well, I I don't think we're a month closer. By the time this goes out, it will literally be like two days away. Yeah, probably, <laughs> to be fair. Because so, it was normally around the first, isn't it? Yeah. How's your month been? It's been fine. We have booked even more gigs for next year. I mean, why not? The big one. I got Paramore tickets, didn't I? <laughs> So I get to see them in person. Oh my god. And also, we got Joji tickets. Shock him. Yeah. Crazy. Done well on the ticket front. I know. Really, really well. So next year is gonna be a pretty good year. 2023 is a fabulous year for you in terms of memories. Yeah, no, it's always nice to have things to look forward to. So yeah, no, really exciting. And then a nice other big thing that happened, we went to Ash's sister gender gender reveal party. Cute. So they're having a little baby boy. Cute. Very cute. So that was really cute. A nice little family event. So yeah, super, super excited for them. And that was it, really. I mean, I purchased some vinyl and that's it, <laughs> really. Sounds good to me. Sounds really good. How's your month been? Yeah, it's been all right. I haven't done anything as exciting as you. I've not got any tickets. Not for the lack of trying. (laughs) (sighs) I I wish, I so wish you could have seen Sam's face then because she actually looks so annoyed. I am annoyed. I was like 143,000th in the queue for Peter K tickets. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. And literally two and a half hours walking around town with my phone in my hand. (laughs) just like refresh 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 and it was just yeah absolutely horrendous I think a lot of people are not happy about it because he's doing the monthly residencies yeah at the O2 I just thought I'll get one for later like I don't even care when it is I just want to take it nada no you think it would make it easier in a way yeah really annoyed about it but there you go that's two lots of tickets I've missed out on this year that I really wanted I'm just not got your luck at the moment to be fair that is the one thing that I hate trying to get tickets for anything it's so difficult I despise it Ticketmaster really annoys me Mm -hmm. it's too stressful of a process I have done something quite exciting I took Robbie to the sugar babes you did and it was just amazing just not only were the Sugar Babes amazing, but mm-hmm. the support acts were amazing. So it was Cara Mani and then a DJ from Kiss called Shosh. And she was brilliant. Like just some really, really like heavy bangers. Like she had Backstreet Boys merged in with like some heavy dance music. And then there was some garage and there was a lot of garage. It was a lot. Of, it was just really good. And Robbie yeah. was literally living his best life. I know, as he should be. And it just made me so happy, like, just before Sugar Babes came on, this lady who was stood with us, she was like, so what do you think they're going to sing first? And Robbie, without missing a beat, was like, um, I think they're going to do Push the Button. Oh. I think it was that. Anyway, whatever song it was he said, they played first. Yeah. And Robbie's face when he realised that they were singing that song <laughs> was amazing and just, he was so excited. I had a little cry. I think yeah. it's the first time I've ever like stood in a gig that I'm enjoying and crying. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just imagine somebody looking at you and being like, why is she crying at the sugar babes? <laughs> I know. Right at the beginning, they've only just started singing. Yeah, so that was really, oh, really, wow. it was just so lovely to see him yeah. just 
he was just had a really lovely evening like we went out for dinner and we went for a massive walk along the seafront in Brighton and we went to the pier and had a look yeah. around the arcades and all of that jazz he got an ice cream which he was very excited about I introduced him to churros <laughs> his little mind was blown mm-hmm. he was like oh my god these are these are just Excellent. <laughs> and I was like, because he just wanted to try one. And then after he tried the one, I was like, I'm going to have to actually share this whole bag of churros. <laughs> and then this weekend, I'm going to watch Evie perform in her. Um, it's called The Gang Show. It is not street gangs. It is <sighs> Cub Scouts, all that kind of thing coming together. And they do put on this like variety performance type thing. Mm-hmm. Which I'm really excited to see her do. And then we've just booked tickets for her Christmas performance. The songs yeah. of Lloyd Webber. I know. Got a table wait. by the bar. Very exciting. Didn't realise there was going to be a bar. Well, you know now. And yeah. as I said, at least we haven't got far to go. Yeah, so that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I got my hearing aids. Yeah. Getting used to them. Yeah. Still feel <laughs> a bit weird about it. Yeah, but, of course. You know. I'm quite conscious of them. I just think if that was you and you saw somebody else with hearing aids, you wouldn't judge them. Oh, no, not not at all. But then I'm the least judgmental person in the world. And that's it. If somebody's going to judge you for it, you're not going to know anyway. True enough. And also... They're just dicks. They're a shitty person if they're going to judge you for that. So, yeah. Amen. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Lovely. But yeah, highlight definitely taking Robbie. I want to take him to more gigs just for the pure joy and enthusiasm. I think next stop might be clubbing. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, uh, I think you're going to kick off with your first album review. Yeah, got more than you. You've got more than me for a change. So my first album of this month is Willow, Coping Mechanism, which is 11 songs, 29 minutes, 19 seconds. Ooh. Believe it or not, this is actually her fifth studio album. How is that possible? She's only 21 years of age as well. With the single that I previously spoke about, I kind of said that she went with more of like a rocky feel. And I read a Billboard interview that she said, I wanted to go for rock. I didn't want to go for pop punk. I didn't want to go for what's necessarily popular right now. I wanted to go for the heart of rock music, which to me is a deep outcry, maybe about pain, maybe about joy. And I'm actually really happy with that decision. I liked her last album... Um, lately I feel everything but it did kind of feel like it was made because of the whole Travis Barker leading this pop punk revival kind of thing so yeah it was nice hearing her kind of do her own thing and not just carry on down that road because that's what's you know popular at the moment yeah but obviously there's certain emotions and themes that come with rock music as a whole and I feel she obviously resonates with that kind of vibe and I think it's a great genre to kind of let out these emotions and fully express yourself and she's always been that kind of artist where she's kind of reflected on herself partners friends etc and yeah it's no different on this album at all I think this album still does have twists and turns and she definitely dives into different sub-genres of rock throughout um which I thought was really cool you kind of have some metal elements, which was a little bit unexpected. You have some punk, some screamo, indie, and obviously there's a bit of pop, you know, sprinkled in there as well. Yeah, so as you can imagine, it kind of goes from fast to slow tempos. Her vocals change up too. You have her screaming. As I said, there's yeah, a bit of screamo in there, which then on other tracks, she kind of goes into more of her soft singing. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you can't dispute her vocal range and how impressive it is because this album just puts it out there. It definitely packs a punch and makes you feel things as any great rock album should. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just really easy to forget that she's only 21 years old, especially with music like this. It just feels mature and like she's been making this kind of music for like the past 10 years. 
But yeah, it's just always really nice to have more women like this in this kind of genre. So yeah, it's a really good rock album. And as always, I'm really excited to see where she goes next because she always seems to kind of change things up on every Mm. album. So I think when you live in a household where your mum is in a band that does that kind of like rock yeah. music and does it well and your dad is one of the most famous people in the entire world <laughs> yeah who also raps and sings and acts yeah. and everything else you're going to have an eclectic mix of yeah. stuff and the fact that she's able to do it well is the impressive part isn't it the fact that she she can tune in to all of those aspects and she's able to bring it out and she's able to she's got that freedom to be who she wants to be in the moment I think that's a really beautiful thing yeah I think that's why it's also easy to forget her age as well because I think she's had you know a childhood where she's been able to just grow up and be who she wants to be there's been no pressures or that's you know what it seems like so yeah I think it's interesting you talking about you know Jada and you know Jada being in the band because I think that's actually what kind of sparked all of this was there was some anniversary or something and Willow got Jada's old band together and obviously Willow stood in for Jada's part and kind of they performed for Jada that's cool yeah I think yeah it's a really good album who knows what she's gonna do next Uh, yeah who knows maybe some house music one day (laughs) soon I'm up for that I'm here for it I'll have a listen yeah me too so my favorite tracks were Curious slash Furious Coping Mechanism and Hover Like a Goddess oh Mm, enjoy I will well in all fairness it doesn't sound like it's my cup of tea you might enjoy a few songs but I've surprised myself with Willow before yeah um the first one I want to talk about so this is just I was intrigued by the cover is is the reason I listened to this essentially it's a picture of a giant frog and it's called now it's frog spelt with an E, so I'm going to call it Froggy. I know what album. Yeah. Because I literally was just looking up how to say it because it's my next album. Is it? No. Yes. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'll be interested to hear what you got to say then. So that is the reason I listened to this <laughs> album. So I call it Froggy MP3. I don't know if it's frog, like do you know, like the whole douche dog thing that was out. Oh, frog. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know. Harry and Tommy. It's twelve songs, thirty-five minutes and forty-six seconds. So, as I understand it, and please stop me if I'm wrong, Jessica. Okay. The debut project by the pair. That is what I've got. Yeah. Happiness. <laughs> and it's after the success of a track on TikTok mm. blossomed into a bigger project because they're both separately artists in their own right, aren't they? Yeah. So it's got a real D&B vibe. Piri's got like a really mellow, really pretty voice, doesn't she? Like that yeah. goes over the top of just some really cool D&B beats. For me, it just got me bopping and the lyrics are really playful in parts and like, particularly one that I really like is tell me do you see it now why would I settle for you loser (laughs) (laughs) that is a personal fave they're just a great team and I I think they really it feels like they work really well together and I look forward to hearing more really enjoyed it so I believe I actually listed one of their singles in a previous episode I don't know when it was but there was a song I think it was it's a match I think it was called. Okay. But I read that they're actually dating. Oh, I did not read that. From what I've read, so I don't know how true it is, but it seems like they met just before the first lockdown and they entered like a student house bubble. Yeah. And Piri said that the project is basically a diary of the first year Tommy and I have been making music and pretty much the first year of us knowing each other. Oh, that's cute. That kind but of, then, you know, changes it a bit. Yeah, and a lot of the songs are basically Leave Me Alone, You Loser. <laughs> so that's confusing. I don't know. Or maybe there was a third party. Maybe, exactly. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know with these students. 
<laughs> yeah, so I've kind of put it's exactly what I expected. I think, yeah, they play around with sort of drum and bass, dance and house music. I think it's very much like their previous songs. But yeah, I was really looking forward to this project because they can make a bop. Yeah, it's all boppy. Yeah. I found the whole album to be boppy. <laughs> to be boppy, yes. Yeah. But for me personally, it does get slightly repetitive oh. with certain sounds. I hear what you're saying with that. I think most of the time that I've listened to it, I've been working. Yeah. So when you're looking at spreadsheets all day, it's all right. <laughs> you need anything just to give you some joy. That in the background was actually yeah. like keeping me going. Like I was bopping yeah. away whilst I was doing my spreadsheets. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I'm not saying it's bad at all. I think no. just there was elements that got slightly repetitive for me but I will say like you would know and also you know if people have been listening for this long you know drum and bass normally isn't my go-to type of genre so it was kind of a bit of a whim because I've liked a couple of their singles so actually to listen to a whole project yeah was actually quite brave of me I am intrigued <laughs> I, I am intrigued as to you listening to a whole project I will say this though it is modern drum and bass not yes. traditional drum and bass just to make it clear to everyone because I know I've had discussions with Taylor and Amy about what they think drum and bass is and what drum and bass is <laughs> I think actually I will because I think they actually list themselves as a dance music duo so actually maybe it's a bit more dance than it is drum and bass but there's drum and bass elements in there but maybe they're more dance no, music than... on their on their website it oh. definitely said drum and bass oh because I okay. initially had them down as dance yeah interesting with a, with a drum and bass twang is what yeah. I initially wrote which is how I still feel about it but I think yeah. that's just I think that's present day drum and bass. You know, you've got a veteran over here that knows. That was there know, for it's, the very, it's very, very tricky. It's very <laughs> tricky for me. But that's not a negative at all, yeah. No, definitely, you know, there's some absolute bangers. I think actually they've listed it as a mixtape as well. It's Ooh, I not know. an album, it's a mixtape. Um, and I think they definitely deserve the praise and attention that they're yeah. getting. They're very talented, both. Yeah, some great dance-worthy tracks. So my favourites, and it'll be interesting to see if we've got similar ones, are Silver Lining, Settle, Say It and Player Two. So my favourites were Silver Lining, Soft Spot and Sunlight. Okay. Because Soft Spot is one of the ones I believe that's on TikTok at the moment and I just can't get enough of that song. I don't go on TikTok. TikTok. TikTok enough. To know, to know what the popular jams are <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that's worked out nicely then worked out nicely now we've got the same <laughs> so my next one is by say she she remember i spoke oh, about them yes, a couple months ago and the album is called prism it's eight songs 29 minutes and one second <sighs> so i'm saying when they do that Carry i'm on. gonna move quickly on um <laughs> So, yeah, I spoke about them a couple episodes ago. They finally released their debut, which was supposed to be out in September. And I kept checking, and it just wasn't out. I kept checking every week. No, no. But anyway, not sure what happened, but it's finally out now. So if you didn't catch that episode, they're a Brooklyn-based female-led seven-piece soul band. And... One of the descriptions that they've given themselves is the band sound is a hat tip to late 70s girl groups with the three strong female lead voices. So debut album and it's largely self-produced too, which is really cool. Album is a great time. There's some really catchy hooks. It's up tempo. The harmonies are so good it's poppy it's got some disco light in there there's some ballads it's funky and yeah the as i said the three female leads so you've got pia sabrina and nia they're amazing they have different voices that kind of weave in and out of each other while also having time to shine individually as well which is really nice but yeah everything about this project just feels effortless For me, it's a really easy listen that you can just kind of sink into, which is always great. I've actually listened to it a couple of times when I've been at work 
just mm. because I'm like, right, I'm working. I just want something like that's enjoyable. Yeah. So I know that I'm listening to something. Just yeah. something easy going. When researching, I kept seeing this phrase, a multicultural, multi-instrumental, collaborative melting pot pulling sounds and styles from all corners of their record collections. Oh. So I think this, I'm not sure where it's actually come from, but I think the band have said, said that somewhere. So that was really cool. And you definitely hear those influences throughout. So yeah, really glad that I came across them. They're great. Um, and this album is definitely one that I will be revisiting time and time again, as I already have for the past how many weeks it's been out. So yeah, no, really enjoy it. And I think you're going to really like it as well. Cool. It does sound right up my alley. Yeah, I think this is definitely more your more your vibe, this one. So the tracks that I liked are Prism, Pink Roses and Believe. Lovely. So my next one, I'm so freaking excited. Okay. It's Black Glamour by Daya. It's 12 songs, 22 minutes and 53 seconds. It's actually a mixtape rather than an album. Okay. But I feel like it's been a long time coming and I was just so excited for a longer project from her as we know yeah hang on about her probably every episode I would very much have liked it to have been even longer maybe like an extra 20 minutes because it just kind of ends and then I'm like again (laughs) again that's just me being selfish essentially Um, it happens it's okay I can't get enough of her I just love her so (laughs) this is a real storytelling album it's Daya at her best telling her truth kind of about life drugs, family feuds, love, the difficulties of making it as as an artist and the drive to kind of get up and out of it while still staying kind of true to your roots. Mm. That is how I describe this album. Now, if you go and Google this album, you won't see any reviews. There's barely anything from her about it. There's no interviews. There's there's nothing. And when she released it, it was literally like a tweet that said, Black Glamour. 13 songs you're welcome oh, or enjoy okay. enjoy it wasn't your welcome that was, yeah. that was shitty um <laughs> it's really good I just I, f- I don't understand why she hasn't blown up yet I don't understand why she's not a big deal it really really upsets me I mean that time will come surely <laughs> I hope so I really hope so the production on it is really impactful it really sets the scene for each track they flow in and out of each other without being the same it's really really fucking clever it's, it's a clever mixtape and it's just free flow rap at its best she's a legend and i love her we know. <laughs> yeah, I know i think i've said it four times just talking about this album uh, so my fave tracks are the title tracks so black glamour good kids maranatha and suffer nice so i would have listed every song but, you know, not I'm not supposed to. So just yeah. <laughs> go and listen to the whole album as a project is what I would advise. Nice. Only short, 22 minutes. Yeah. Life. Whatever's happened at the moment, half an hour seems to be like the cutoff point. I like it. I like it too. Everyone's got shorter time spans now. They're trying to do everything. There's a lot of FOMO. You know, they want to be on Instagram, look at TikTok. I know I see quite a lot on my feed on Instagram. It's like people, you know, you've you've got to be healthy and look after yourself, but you've got to look after everyone else. You've also got to have a job. You've got to keep up to date on all the trends and stuff on you know on Instagram you've got to be on Facebook you've got to be on TikTok you've got you've got to do all these things so we want short snappy bits of everything yeah I mean I just would have liked that to be twice as long instead I just listened to it twice in a row yeah it's interesting because the next album that I'm going to talk about I kind of bring up a point about the length of it and actually well, I'll I'll go into that in yeah. a minute. But also, there's something that I wanted to talk about with the notable mentions, and it's something to do with TikTok and the music industry. Because okay, cool. um, I wanted to see what your opinion was of it. Yeah, so I look forward to it. As someone who doesn't use TikTok, <laughs> but you, I feel like you will still have a stance on oh, it. Very nice. So okay. yeah. 
that's interesting that you've kind of already brought that point up oh. to a certain degree. So a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> exciting. <laughs> just really laying the, setting the scene for the rest of the episode. And honestly, <laughs> she doesn't know what I'm no going to be talking about. about right so <laughs> my last album <laughs> is Joji oh, and it is... Oh smithereens and it is nine songs 24 minutes 23 seconds well i am super shocked this is his third studio album and it's actually not what i expected i did but i didn't so i think i didn't really know what to expect because the singles that were released were very different yeah i was gonna say i remember you saying that yeah you had one that was a piano ballad and then you had one that was more of like an electronic vibe so yeah I was kind of I didn't know which way he was gonna go if he was gonna blend the two so yeah he's actually leaned much more into like a softer aesthetic with this project even with a switch up halfway through so you can see on Spotify when you view it it's actually a two disc project even though it's a short-ass project. But you've got the first five tracks are titled sort of normally, while the remaining four are all caps. Okay. So he's kind of visually... Separated them for you. Exactly. And I think this signifies kind of the genre switch into more of an electronic feel. And the slight change in themes, the whole album is about relationships. Sure. It's Joji, so we know it's going to be that kind of music. But the first half is sort of about relationships, your feelings towards that person that you're with, you know, the person that you're not with but still love. Very sad boy stuff, again. Not a shock. To be expected. Mm -hmm. While the second still has these themes, but I personally feel like it comes from more of like a selfish point of view. Okay. So rather than being like reminiscent or being like oh my god I still love this person it's more like you could be with me who's doing this or you know I'm so much better than you kind of thing yeah but I think the production sounds much more polished on this project while still being a Joji album by having lo-fi elements and qualities from his earlier stuff which I actually really liked I kind of prefer his kind of earlier EPs to kind of the albums that he's released and again not saying that the albums are bad but I just think he's shown growth as an artist and everything feels much more polished I know a lot of people reading into it it seemed like they weren't really impressed by it okay it's almost like they've kind of said what I've said in the fact of like it's not what they expected but it's almost like they talk about it in a point of view like it's totally different to anything that Jodie's released previously. I think a lot of people's arguments are because it is so short and there are some songs that are like a minute and something long that they feel like certain tracks seem unfinished and the whole thing seems really rushed where I personally didn't get that. It is really short, but I'm not sure I would want any more added. Even like, you know, as a fan, I just feel like the project is so good and it flows so well that I just go back to the start and I'm like, oh, right, let's start here again. But I don't know, just for some reason, I'm just like, no, I feel like it's good. I like it as is. It's the same with the Daya project. Like there are songs that are less than like 40 seconds. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I like it because then it just bang, takes you into the next one. Mm Mm-hmm. It is how it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah, I really get it. But again, it's like almost like the whole interlude type of thing has come back. We have an interlude or a skit. I love a skit. We know. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, no, I'm really impressed with it. Again, I think with each project, he kind of shows growth. So, yeah, again, just excited to see where he goes next. Obviously, seeing him next year, which is going to be insane. So, yeah, can't wait. So the songs that I liked were Glimpse of Us, It's a Beautiful Song, um, Die For You, and then Yukon um, Interlude. These three, I feel like, are probably the best on the album anyway, if I do say so myself. Lovely. So my last one is, and this will be no surprise to anyone whatsoever, Okay. By Loyal Kana. It's 10 songs, 34 minutes and 5 seconds. 
So another short one. Yeah. As you can imagine, I was just ridiculously excited when I saw this was being released and the day it came out. And it hasn't disappointed at all. In fact, I think this is my favourite album that he's ever done. Oh, what a statement. Yeah. It's really intimate. It feels like he's been holding out on us to kind of drop this one at the right time. Okay. He's got an amazing talent, like, to put across realities he faces or has faced in his life. I mean, he talks about racism, identity, relationships, and reflection, growth since he's become a father. I didn't know he was... Oh, yeah, he's a dad now. Um, His ability to explain his story, his life in a way that allows you to feel what he's feeling it's just that's, that's a flipping talent like yeah especially when you know you you haven't been through the things that he he's been through mm. he's just so clever and i've gone as far to say that he's one of the best wordsmiths of our generation and i i mm-hmm. will stand by that like he's a young person but he is just so talented and so aware and clever he also has a feature on the album which literally took my breath away because it's a poet that I studied in school and was lucky enough to see perform as part of my GCSE so it was a really flipping long time ago so to hear him on the album (laughs) wait to hear him on the album I mean in fairness it was like 20 20 years 22 years ago Oh, it's made me feel a bit sick. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, to hear him on the album was was amazing. So he, it's John Agard, and the fact that I saw him and studied the poem that he performs on the track. Yeah, it's a poem that stuck with me for since I saw it. So it's a really long time, like twenty two years is a long time for a poem to stick with you. It's a it was a really poignant moment in my life when I kind of first became aware of the impact of language on separating people and how that impacts how people feel. I know that sounds a bit weird that at sixteen that was mm. when I realised it. But the poem's called Half Cast and it's about mm-hmm. being half a person, like yeah. when you call me that that's what it feels like so it was just really interesting to hear that I'm really just it felt really personal to me because of the impact that that poem had on me as a, yeah. as a young person and growing up so to have that on the album was just just blew my mind absolutely blew my mind and it's just a phenomenal and really beautiful really raw project and mm. that is why it's my favorite of the ones he's done so far and why I'm even more upset about the fact I'm not going to see him next year. I'm just... He's really just rubbed it in there. He thought, you know what? You really like this album, but yes, he's not seeing me. You're not seeing me live. But that being said, I just really hope that it gets the recognition that it deserves. It's just stunning, stunning album. But I think, again, it's like so important to have artists like that because there's not many people like Loyal Karner around. Always, anytime I hear one of his songs, I'm just like blown away because he just is so articulate and he's so good at how he gets across his message. Again, he's a storyteller. So, mm. yeah, I've not listened to it yet, but I am going to listen to it. And, and given the fact that he's dyslexic and got ADHD... Mm. to still be able to yeah talk as eloquently like I think people get written off quite a lot with those both of yeah. those neurodivergencies so yeah I'm almost, I'm almost a bit like a proud mum yeah <laughs> about the whole thing I'm like oh look at him go so yeah my fave tracks are Georgetown Blood on my Nikes Plastic and Polyfiller I need to listen to it please do <laughs> I please will do. <laughs> singles yeah So, first single is Brockhampton. (laughs) Shocking. The track is called Big Pussy. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, their new album is going to be called The Family. um, And it's their last album, apparently, which is really sad. But this song has three change-ups. And it's quite short, to be fair. It's like 
two to three minutes. Two, maybe two minutes. I like the little song. song. It starts off with this like crazy jazz section, which then goes into like this hard beat with Kevin Abstract rapping. And then it transitions into like a more of a chilled, mellow beat. A bit more of like a kind of R&B 2000s vibe. But yeah, I mean... If there's anything to go off of this track, it seems like this album's going to be very self-aware about them breaking up. Maybe feelings that they feel and a certain expectation now that they're breaking up. Mm. So yeah, I'm very interested to see where this goes. From the singles that they've released so far, the production for me sounds like hip-hop that I always gravitate towards. But in a way, I've been like, why have you not been releasing this music sooner? (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) I need it. And now it's the final album. And so, yeah, no, I feel like you will like this song. Cool. Big pussy. (laughs) I'm looking forward to listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one I want to talk about is Rachel Chirituri. I'm spoken about her before so she's released a song and it's called i'm not perfect and then in brackets but i'm trying it's got a pop rock backing track which is a bit different for her Mm. but it really works really really good i really enjoyed it beautiful voice on top of it it's just an absolute winner and a lovely track Saying that though, she was on the Snuts album that you were reviewed, True enough. was she not? So True maybe she she's a bit of everything. I love it. My next one is by No Worries, but it's N X okay. Worries. So I'm assuming it's No Worries. Yeah. And the track is called Where I Go, and it's featuring her. Oh, nice. It's gonna get even better. Oh, so gosh. No Worries is a duo of knowledge. And Anderson Pack. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it actually looks like they performed this track live back in 2020. Mm. So why are they taking two years to actually release this song? Just so everyone can can see what I'm seeing right now. Jess has her hands <laughs> on her hip. Like she's really annoyed about this. <laughs> And making a point of like, like, why? Why? Why haven't you released this sooner? COVID? (laughs) Yeah, it's true, actually. Sorry, I just forgot about, you know, the pandemic, you know, that really big thing that just happened. As you can imagine, this is such a chilled track. R&B with an element of sort of funk soul which again, you kind of, I think you'd expect. The production isn't too complicated either. And hers and Anderson Pack's voices are so great. Obviously, the track really suits both their voices as well. So you're going to love it. It's been on repeat for me. Nice, nice. Great. So my next one was actually released just yesterday. Oh. And it's Pink Panthress, Do You Miss Me? Oh, okay. Produced. Hmm. By Kay Tranada. Oh, yes. What a match made in heaven. Nice. Um, apparently, she has just, any chance she's had, has talked about how she'd want to work with Kay Tranada and it's worn him down, <laughs> essentially, Yeah. to produce this. And I'm so happy it's happened because it just works. Like, you knew that that was going to be a winning combo, mm-hmm. both of them together. Great track. It's got Kay Tranada's signature kind of style without being too Kay Tranada-y. It lends itself to her, but it isn't too much. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I can't, yeah. yeah it's best of both worlds, essentially, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. It's just a really good combo, and I hope they do more together. Nice. That's exciting. I did not know that that was a thing. Literally yesterday. So my next one is a Mauro Polo, and nice. it is Evergreen. What? How have I missed this? You didn't deserve me at all, but it is a live version of one of his songs. But he, so he did a Tiny Desk performance. You must have seen that before where they do like NPR Tiny Desk. I've talked about it before where they're like, they go into an office, NPR's office, and they just have people perform. Nice. Obviously in front of their desk. I don't know how it works, but. Very much like that. Yeah. So a Mara Polo. 
came in, did his, but this was a part of the Latinx Heritage Month. He even starts, I can't remember what song it is, but he does like a Latin song, but he's got a mariachi band and they perform with him. It's so good. It's so so good. But this song is so heartfelt. It's sad. Yeah. And hearing a live version just takes it to a whole new level. Like, I think I actually prefer this song live than the album version. I love it when that happens. Yeah. I there's not much more to say. His voice is just incredible and he sounds so good live. So yeah. So my next one is the Teskey Brothers, This Will Be Our Year. So Shannon actually introduced me to this group in the last few weeks and I just love them. Okay. But this is a new song that has come out in the last few days. They're a group of friends, they're Australian from Melbourne I think if I recall correctly Um, and they sing kind of soul blues rock music like old school they sound like an old school Motown group wow no way but they're absolutely phenomenal I just I really love them and this song is yeah really good I'm really gutted because Shannon said oh if they ever come over here I would like to go and see them and I just happened to look and they were literally tickets on sale that week and just got caught up in work and completely missed it (laughs) so I'm a bit gutted about that to be fair I haven't gone back and looked to see if there were any tickets still but they were performing in uh, London I think so there might still be time there might still be time but yeah really really just lovely Motown music but modern I have a feeling I'm gonna like that you will like it I think you'll you should listen if you just listen to their like most popular ones Mm mm-hmm on Spotify or any of their albums, which is exactly what I've done this month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'll like them. Nice. Cool. I look forward to that. My last one is by Gotts Street Park, and the song is called Summer Breeze, and it's featuring Rosie Lowe. So I'd never heard of either of these artists, but Gotts Street Park have worked with Reggie Snow, Kelly Uchis, Cosima, Yellow Days. So there's people in there that is like, oh, of course... Of course, you know, Spotify recommended me this song. Yeah. Of course, I like this song. That makes sense. Yes, 100%. But they're from the UK and researching into them. It was Wordplay magazine. They described the track as seamless blend of traditional soul meets contemporary hip hop. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so the band also said that the instrumental for Summer Breeze is basically us hanging out in the studio and jamming. Nice. And they even said that apparently you can hear them like talking and laughing at some points, which I've not been able to hear yet. And Rosie has like the perfect voice for this kind of track. She's got like a voice that sounds very like old school. Mm. It's almost like it's like an old timey voice, but not. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah, I know. So yeah, that was really a really cool element to it as well. But yeah, just a very chilled, another very chilled track. So that's the vibes we're going for. Well, you say that. Oh, hell no. My final one <laughs> is Oxide and Neutrino <laughs> featuring Jodie Alicia. Bring it back, Oxide yes. VIP remix. Yes. <sighs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Ian and I in the car going up to Blue Water last Friday and all of a sudden we hear Oxide doing his thing mm-hmm. and then it gets to the chorus and you hear, bring it back singing back and I was like what and we'd literally just pulled up to to the shop to get for Ian to go and get a drink yeah (laughs) and he had to stay in the car bearing in mind it was playing from his Spotify and he could have stopped it at any time and but then when he got back in the car he started it again he was like I need to start it again (laughs) (laughs) it's just an absolute flipping banger and all the versions of this song are brilliant I've listened to them all (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> this is my fave. As I said to you, because you sent it to me. I did, because I was really excited. This is what I feel like a remix should be, because yeah. it still has, obviously, like, that's so iconic. Like, everybody knows the bring back, you know. Yeah. How can you not know what that is? But the fact that they've changed it up so much, but they haven't ruined it. Yeah. They've just, yeah, no, I just think. changed it up without changing ugh. it up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. like. It's a completely mm-hmm. different person singing it and it's a di- at a different tone and a different pace. Mm-hmm. But it's still iconic and it's still that song. And still works. With Oxide and Neutrino, it's just 
so mm. good oh yeah it's really happy and Ian <laughs> it was really weird because I was listening to it earlier you know in prep and just because and then Ian texted me and he was like oh that oxide of neutrino song like every time I listen to it, it just gets me I had my headphones in, so he didn't know I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. So we were just listening to it in separate <laughs> rooms on our headphones. <laughs> like, yeah. That's when you know that it's good. It's a tune. It's mm-hmm. a tune. Record of the month. You go first. So, my record of the month is another live version of a song, nice. which is also a cover. Oh, fancy. So, Remy Wolf has done a cover of Pink and White, which is a Frank Ocean song. Yeah. So, we already know that, you know, it's going to be good. So, she's released an EP of a load of live songs that she did at Electric Lady. Yes. Okay. And she basically said on Instagram that she, when she released the EP, that she really wanted to do a cover. And she couldn't decide. It was between either an ACDC song (laughs) and a Frank Ocean song. I mean... But she said she felt as if she would be more qualified to do an ACDC song because it's more aligned with her usual sound, which not really. But Mm. I guess because she's a bit more quirky, maybe, she thought, you know... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But she ultimately decided to do the Frank Ocean song... Because she feels Pink and White is the best song ever. It is a brilliant song. So, as again, I think all good covers should do, is you should still, you know, know what song it is, but they should change it up and make it their own. Yeah, enough to be their own, yeah. So, it starts off very mellow. There's soft drums, guitar, there's some like brass instruments going on as well. And it just gradually builds and builds and you hear more of her like usual quirky energy come out and yeah no as I said it just builds and builds and builds and her voice is so great and I'm so happy that actually she chose to do a Frank Ocean song and didn't go with you know a track that she felt she needed to do so yeah no it's honestly this song anyway is great it's unskippable for me but this cover just so good I can't stop listening to it. I can't stop. I love it. So my record of the month is Speed of Plight, Loyal Karna. <laughs> I've said everything I need to say about this album. And this song is just my favourite one on the album. I know that brings me up to like five, maybe. <laughs> of the You're album. like, how do I get another one? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because I love it so much. It's my favourite one off the album. It's just stunning. Hey, look, there's no rules here. And I weirdly was thinking the other day, I was like, we used to do that so much where we'd be yeah. like, oh, an album. And then the song was the record of the like, hmm. And I was like, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> so again, it's almost like I knew. <laughs> I knew. Something was going to happen. So yeah. Your breasts can tell when it's raining. <laughs> there's a 30% chance it's already raining. <laughs> And it actually is raining outside my window. There you go. So I was right. right. (laughs) Cool. Notable mentions. Yeah. The first one I won't speak too much about because spoilers, but also you have to just go watch it. So I just want to quickly speak about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Again, I won't say too much because Samantha has not seen it. I've not seen it. Even Taylan's been. Taylan and Tola went at the weekend. It makes me really sad. It's definitely an emotional movie. I feel like you will definitely cry. Yeah, probably. I was almost nearly there. There was a woman literally sobbing, literally like two minutes in. That will be me, probably. But it is an emotional movie. And, you know, there's times where it is really, it's very close to home because of everything that happened with Chadwick Boseman. And there's things that kind of align with actual reality. So, I think it's definitely been made with Chadwick Boseman in mind, and I, I don't think they could have done it any other way. I think that's, yeah, it's really good that they've done that and honoured his his memory and his part in the, in the Marvel yeah. universe. So I'm, oh, yeah, I'm really pleased about that. That's I do, I am hearing that consistently. I really, really want to see it. 
personally, I don't know if it needed to be nearly three hours long, but that's not saying that it was boring. I wasn't sat there like, oh, come on. It just got to a point where I was like, I don't like looking back on it. I'm like, I don't know if it needed to be two hours and 40 minutes. Okay. But I think because it is a different kind of, you still have elements of obviously action in it, but it's a different kind of Marvel movie. And we know obviously they're they're really trying to experiment with different things. And again, with Chadwick Boseman, that whole subject, they had to be careful with how they approached it. And the fact that this is the end to phase four as well, I feel like it was the perfect end. And yeah, what it is, is what it needed to be without spoiling it. That makes sense. And actually, what I really love about this is that you have, even the first one, you know, women are really powerful in it. And it's not even a second guess at, you know, oh, these are women. Are they going to be as strong as Black Panther? It's never about that. It's always, you know, he's got these strong women. As his equal. Yes. And I think this movie is really about women grieving and actually even still them not see being seen as any weaker yeah. for grieving. And I just really, yeah, it's a great movie. I just think everybody go watch it. So that's all I'm going to say. I, I literally am a wreck at the moment from an emotional point of view. Like I cried at the McDonald's Christmas advert. I know you did. And I cried at the John Lewis one as well, but I think that's acceptable. But the McDonald's one, I don't even know why I cried. <laughs> Well, actually... Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that one didn't get me. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a bummer, but it didn't didn't get me. But one of my notable mentions was the John Lewis Christmas advert. Really cute advert. It's basically about a dad, if you haven't seen it, a dad learning to skateboard to help bond with his foster kids that he's getting oh, and it's just so cute it's just because you're like why is this guy like trying to learn to skateboard yeah. you're like okay is it about like whatever age you are you're like learning new things See, whereas i my initial thought was all oh, grandkids are coming around because it's a bit older oh, yeah. isn't it? and i just thought maybe he's got grandkids and wants to be a cool, cool granddad. Yeah, it didn't even go where I thought it was going to go. And then that was it. It was a flipping wreck. Like, actual sobbing. <laughs> Such a sweet advert. I think what threw me off was the song. So, obviously, John Lewis has a mm. reputation that they have to, you know, every year they've got on top what they did last year. Yeah. And I feel like they just flipped it. They just yeah. went, you know what, actually, we're just going to do the unexpected so they have a version of blink 182 all the small things but it's the sad clown cover which is by postmodern jukebox featuring puddles pity party and it's like if you know all the small things it does not sound like that it's literally giving me goosebumps talking about it, <laughs> So that in itself was really cool. Oh, it's so good. The fact he's just like, yeah, I've got, I, I skate a bit too. Yeah. And then they took it, she was like, oh, it's just got stickers. And he's like, I need some stickers. <laughs> and he's so got a little cute. broken arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just It's just beautiful. So beautiful. Well done, JL. As always. Two thumbs up. <laughs> I don't think they've ever done a bad Christmas advert. So my my only notable mention is about the Grammy nominations. So for the twenty three awards, yeah, they've announced the nominations. T Swizz mm. has become the first woman to be nominated ten times for Song of the Year, tying only Ooh. with Lionel Richie and Paul McCartney. <laughs> okay. Which is random. <laughs> just your face. Yeah, because I was just like, how are they, like, in the nicest way possible? Like, they're two massive artists. Mm. That's not who I was expecting her to tie with. Well, that's pretty cool, though. But really cool. Also cool is Beyonce has the highest number of nominations ever as a recording artist. Yeah. Matched only by her husband. I mean. So they've both had 88 nominations. Oof. Okay. So I feel like there's a bit of competition at home now. They're like, 
I'm going to get seven more next year and you're only going to get five. <laughs> I mean, what a power couple. What Come on. What a power couple. What a power couple. I just thought that was really interesting. And I love also that it's women. Although two of the biggest female artists in the world. That's true. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the only good thing I've heard about the Gravy nomination so far. So people are confused, as am I. I am perturbed about the nominations for the best rap album. So God did, DJ Khaled, I Never Liked You, Future, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, Jack Harlow. I don't understand. Um, Mr. Morel and the Big Steppers, which is Kendrick Lamar, and it's almost dry pusher tea. Right. K dot. We understand that. Yeah. yeah. And I would say pusher tea. I get that. Yeah. But how is Jack Harlow? No fucking idea. And TJ Khaled. No TJ idea, because that, that that album's shit. So sorry. To those of you who love DJ Khaled. <laughs> DJ Khaled. So, yeah, people are just really confused by it. And actually, they're saying, well, there's... I think Denzel Curry was like, I can literally list 10 other albums that deserve to be in that category. There's not a single female, once again. They always get missed off. And it really, really pisses me off. I think the Grammys need to be a bit careful because they're just becoming a real, like, nobody really cares because... How are you having Jack Harlow and Kendrick Lamar in the same category? Also? How are you even saying their names in the same category? That was mental. Yeah, I, I will admit I haven't looked through them all. You just try to be positive and then I just bring always the, the vibe down. Always, always. I bring the vibe down as per usual. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all I've heard about it so far. So, we can... I mean, it's not negative, my next one. Again, as I said earlier, like, I just want to... It's an interesting subject that I'm seeing a lot of people talk about on TikTok. So, is TikTok ruining music? And where this has kind of come from, there has been a few clips that have been making their rounds. Mm. And basically, there's a clip, I think it's from the Route 411 podcast, where they mention a clip that blew up from a Steve Lacey gig. So he's playing Bad Habits, which is one of the songs that's like really popular on TikTok at the moment. And the crowd is singing... He points the mic into the crowd and they stop singing because they don't know the words. All they know is like, you know, that 10, 20 seconds from TikTok Mm. and they don't know any other words. Now, I have experienced this myself from the Baby Doobie gig I went to. One of the encore songs she sung was Coffee. That went viral a couple years ago on TikTok. Yeah, I remember it. It was one of my songs yeah. where I didn't realise it was TikTok and you laughed at me because it was TikTok. Carry on. Yeah. It was one of those really annoying songs that everybody... It's brilliant. Was I love that song. But I was singing along and I only knew a certain amount of words and then I stopped because I didn't know the words anymore and I can hold my hands up to that. But... They lean into a point about people just going to see artists based on a 10-second snippet of a song that they've heard on TikTok and they don't know any of their other work. And I just want to say, this isn't sending any hate to these guys. I think it is a really interesting debate. And, you know, TikTok is so prevalent in, you know, day-to-day life these days. And you know what this really feels like to me is... Someone's wearing a band t-shirt and somebody has to go, a Metallica t-shirt, name five songs by them, name their whole discography. What I'm just about to say to you is that, so fucking what? Like, if you hear a song that you like and you're lucky enough to get tickets and go and see it and experience it live, what's to say they're not going to that band just because they're not singing it back? They don't then go home and listen to the album 20 million times and learn all the Mm -hmm. words. like. How else do you get introduced to music? This is the argument that I have back to that point is that actually I would probably argue that TikTok, okay, yes, okay, maybe it might be ruining people's attention spans, but actually I would argue it's not Mm. ruining the music industry. It's actually introduced a lot of old music to young people that they would never in a million years have known Mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. 
I think and vice versa. Like yeah. there's a lot of yeah, yeah. newer stuff that older people who go on TikTok because they go on TikTok because everyone goes on TikTok. Apart from yeah. me, apparently. Um, <laughs> Get with the program. I know. I just can't find the space for it. I know. So I know. Much to do. It works both ways. Like you've got young people who who are hearing tracks. You know, I think when we talked about running up the hill in a previous episode, mm, yeah. and like there were people saying, "When well, I remember it the first time, I'm so who gives a fuck? I wasn't alive when yeah. the Beatles were performing. I still like Beatles songs. Like, well, apparently you're not allowed to. Apparently I'm not allowed to. Aretha Franklin's one of my all-time favorite singers. I genuinely don't get that. That's so closed off. Mm. I think if you go to a gig because of the 20 seconds you've heard on TikTok. Good on you. You're going mm. out, you're obviously going to listen to more, even if that's the only song that you've listened to. Like when we went when I went to the Sugar Babes with, with Robbie, there was such an eclectic mix of people there. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like there was yeah. older people, there were people my age, there were very young people. Mm. And there was when we were in the queue, there was a group of students and some of them knew the sugar babes and some of them didn't know who they were but they were there just to have a good time to enjoy live music what on earth is wrong with that but this is it so I think again I like I don't know the whole context because I've only obviously seen you know like a minute or so of whatever they've posted on TikTok but what it feels like is yeah ironically (laughs) so one of them actually claims to be a big Steve Lacey fan so then what I feel like is it's almost like them trying to gatekeep. And again, this is, I want to real, like, this is no hate towards them at all. It's not, again, it's just a debate. I love a good debate. Yeah. But it just feels like they're trying to gatekeep. It, it's really not fair to make people feel like they can't attend events if you're not a diehard fan. And even yeah. with Baby Doobie, I loved her first album. Absolutely loved it. And there's songs on that album that I don't know the words to. Yeah. So what does that mean that I'm undeserving to go to an event? Yeah. And I just think you really can't have that mindset because also whether they have just gone because, oh, it's TikTok famous. Oh my God, I'm just going to go there for, you know, they feel like they're going to be popular with their friends. Who cares? Like you're saying you're a big fan of Steve Lacey. They've bought tickets to go and support that artist that you're a big fan of. Yeah. So who fucking cares at the end of the day? And I just, yeah, I really don't like this kind of, oh, you're not a diehard fan. You don't know every single lyric to every single song. Yeah. I just wanted to, obviously, I knew what you were going to, felt like we were going to be aligned with it. But yeah, I just feel like music is such, especially now coming out of like COVID times and actually being able to go and enjoy live music again. Like it's such a freeing experience. And now to have other people saying, oh, you don't know every single word to every song, then, you know, you've got to make people feel really conscious and then, like, like they don't deserve to go. But they've spent their hard-earned money to go and just lose themselves for, you know, a couple of hours and enjoy themselves. Yeah, so, and to get to know, like, even if it's not to get to know the music, to, to be in that atmosphere, to experience live music is a gift, 100%. isn't it? 100%. It's it's not something you're going to get like everyone's readily got access to. Yeah, like we've t- we've spoken today about the difficulty in getting tickets. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like there's no right or wrong about getting to know an artist, and just because you haven't been there since day dot, God, heaven forbid, as you said, you know the Beatles <laughs> oh, wasn't born then, can't listen to their music. No one can ever listen to Beethoven ever again. <laughs> Can you, like, no, that's, never. That's that's the mentality that we're getting into here. Yeah. Who cares what other people think? If you want to spend your money going to a gig, a concert, whatever. Doesn't matter if you know one song. Well, that was like Kid Capici, really, for me and Ash. Yeah. And the vaccines. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Both of those great. Vaccines was immense. Obviously, I wasn't at Kid Capici, and I'm really upset about that. But <clears throat> yeah, I I yeah. do. There are gigs that I've gone along to where I've not known a great deal and just yeah. had such a good time and really gotten to love 
them as a an artist like I know before I saw Dizzy Rascal live was not a fan at all saw him live yeah. and that was it now I love him yeah same with Professor Green mm-hmm. like, so many artists I could just reel off now that I've seen just because they were on at wireless one year or wherever that then became fan favorites because I saw them live and they were brilliant like mm. yeah I just I don't get it yeah, I feel like it's quite a big statement to make, but I do understand in the sense of like again attention span, all of that. But yeah, I, I really don't think it's ruining the music no, industry. I don't think it's ruining it. I do think there's a need now for kind of instant access to a lot of things, and there's yeah. a lot of pressure on artists to. And I think we've said this before. There's almost a pressure on artists to be releasing stuff. Like almost all the time, like constantly, mm. because you speak to to the kids about you know having to wait for an album to come up, having to physically go and get a copy if you want it on an MP3 player, <laughs> put the CD into your laptop and convert, convert it, it. Yeah. MP3 to to having album sleeves and like it's just changed now hasn't it unless you are physically buying the stuff and they just aren't are they it wouldn't even cross like their minds to go and purchase a piece of music it's just available to them on spotify or other you know streaming services well yeah i feel like you could argue that about different things as well oh yeah just the film industry as well everything yeah Yeah. totally right are you done done? yeah Are you done? <laughs> Sorry, that was so rude. Um, with that, then that is the end of another episode. Yeah, really. Done. But you will hear from us very soon because we're going to do <laughs> a wrapped episode as soon as we can after wrapped comes out, and I cannot wait because it's the first time we've ever done that. Mm-hmm. It's an additional episode because we want to be in the bubble of wrapped because normally we wait literally a whole month and don't do it till the new year and then we're so behind everyone else nobody cares anymore anymore. so we've decided we're gonna do an extra episode I'm really excited about it mainly because it means we get to share our rap that much sooner rather than having to wait so long yeah Yeah. because I then can't I feel like I can't post about it on social media because (sighs) so as usual, you can go to our website, pumpupthejampodcast.com and see links to all of our episodes, all of our playlists. And as we've recently started, there will be the episode playlist and then there'll be a, will it be a December playlist? December playlist. Oh my God. Yeah. So excited. It's going to be yeah. full of Christmas music. Yeah. From me. <laughs> Wait, not just, but from me. Christmas. Maybe a couple from me, but yeah. The rest of them. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait. I'm literally like a boiling pot of Christmasness. Christmas time. Mr. Wine. Children singing Christian rhymes. Lovely. That was beautiful. Thank you. So, see you twice next month. Obviously, just let us know what you've been listening to. Have you listened to the albums that we've spoken about, the singles? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Again, we love a debate, so let us know. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Yes, we do. World peace. Bye. Bye.